Test, test, one, two, three, one, two, three. How now, brown cow? Scott, can I have my stories back? The quick, you just handed them to me. I know, but I need them. They're my lead-ins. Well, but you, you don't need a lead-in. Dude, you don't know how to read. We've already established this. I can read good. I just can't do maths. You can read good? I can read good. I can't read well, though. The- All right, so what do we got going on today? <laughs> so we went to the range and we shot some stuff. We shot a few items we had for um, for T and E here, and uh, we got for reviews some reviews coming. But um, I'd like to hear back from some of our listeners that might have some of these uh, firearms, also some feedback from them. Why don't you list off what we had? Well, we shot the Keltec KSG, the Keltec RFB in eighteen and twenty four inch yeah, variants, the Keltec. SU sixteen E, the non folding one, yeah. Yeah, it's, this was the E variant. I don't know if they sell it that way, but this was configured to the E, and that's about it. That's far as going. I'd say overall that that um, that trip went well, but there were a few a ups and downs trip. with yeah, the with the Keltex. I'd like to hear from KSG owners. I'd like to hear if they've have any issues because uh, it seems like there's a glaring design flaw in the in the thing. And that uh, I don't know how to put it. It's 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 obvious and horrible and yeah, makes it, the gun unusable. You can put it as though it, it leaves a mark on you when you go home. <laughs> it definitely leaves a mark on you. There you go. I did some more research on on this uh, the particular flaw on the KSG, which is um, to be exact the the spent shells. When you rack the slide on the KSGs, the spent shells strike you forcefully and painfully and repeatedly on the wrist. Um, and there's no way around it. We, you know, it, and it's just not, not more than what everyone who shot it experienced it. So I went online, you know, like the Caltech forums and those places to see, and I found many of the similar complaints. And uh, some of the people said wear wristbands, <laughs> like sweatbands. Like from the eighties, jogging type style, I guess, or tennis, right. um, which I thought was interesting. Or have some really, uh, or wear motorcycle gloves. I was thinking Something motorcycle with gauntlets. gloves with gauntlets. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. Um, uh, and my leather studded uh, bracelets, I thought I could wear those too. But you know, I, it was interesting. That was awkward when you and Will were sitting there at Chick Fil A after we went shooting, and you had your leather studded bracelets on. Well, the, and your black leather the, and your leather cap. The leather dog collar he was wearing probably was the most awkward thing. For you or him? Because you kept pulling no, on the chain. No, for you. Yeah. Standing there beside us trying to look like you weren't with us. Yeah. <laughs> Walking over to the table as slowly as I could. Yeah, so, uh, so you know, it was a good trip, and we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely have some articles out there. We'll bank some articles out and... Uh, Got some, pictures. some pictures. Yeah, yeah, we already started sharing some pictures yeah, on our Facebook. We put up uh, RFB, the 24-inch yeah. variant. I th- believe they call it the Hunter. Yeah, check out our yeah. uh, Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast and uh, give us a like. Or tell check, us what yeah. you think. And if you have a KSG, tell us about it. Tell us, uh, have you actually shot it? Yeah. Um, are you able to switch over from the, the loading magazines easily? Um, you know, tell us what you think about it.
Also, head to our uh, website. We have a website. Yes, you should go there. www.thegunshowpodcast.com. Yes. Um, go there and do stuff. Click on things. Yeah, click on some of the stuff. Read the reviews. Share it with your friends. Uh, but like we've always said, forcibly uh, go to your friend's computers and like our page. Ask for your friend's phone. Hey, can I see your phone for a second? Get on their Facebook. Ooh, good idea. And just uh, like our page. Jump on their iTunes. Subscribe to us. All that. All of it. All Everything that. above. Well, I want to start off the news today um, with a few recalls that are going around. Um, it's kind of interesting. We had two... The Colorado type? Uh, no. Oh. Manufacturer recalls. Oh, it's, that's different. It's interesting that we actually have two different manufacturers doing some major recalls right now. On similar pistols, it oddly is. enough. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if someone jumped ship and went and worked for one. <laughs> the same guy designed yeah. both guns. That would be interesting. Uh, well, Springfield is recalling their uh, 3.3 inch XDS. Uh, Pretty much the XDS and nine and 45, right? Yeah, the 3.3 yeah. XDS and nine and 45. Um, they we're gonna have we're gonna post this up on our website. But what they're trying to say is that uh, when you rack the slide, you could have an unintended discharge during the loading process when the slide is released, or could experience a double fire when the trigger is pulled once. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so th- not good. Yeah, they're apologizing for any inconveniences this may cause, but it looks like they're taking the right steps to rectify the situation. Uh, but we're going to post that on Facebook, the serial numbers from what to what. Uh, so make sure you are liking us on Facebook or else you may not know if your pistol is affected yeah. or not. You'll have to go do extra work. And if for some reason you're listening to our podcast and you can't get to a computer, uh, just call Springfield. They'll take care of you. The other one is for the M&P Shield pistols. Another uh, tiny pocket uh, single stack. So what, what what's wrong with them? They're just broken? Uh, yeah, this one actually has to do with, um, I guess the trigger wears out the drops, part of their drop safety. Oh, so if you drop it, it could go off. It could and go they have off. A fix yeah. for that. It's yeah. a condition where the trigger bar pin could damage the lower trigger in certain MMP shields in a way that may affect the functionality of the drop safety feature of the firearm, potentially allowing the firearm to discharge if it is dropped. So you know, if you got an MMP shield, uh, again, where don't drop it. Yeah, don't drop it first. Don't drop any of your guns. Well, if you're going to be that way about it, I guess you're right. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the one of the rule of thumbs, huh? Rule of thumbs? Yeah. Well, do you have one thumb or do you have thumbs? Well, I only use one at a time, though. That's strange. <laughs> I don't even know how to reply to that. That's that's just my rule of thumb. Yeah? Well, that's great. That's great All right. Scott. So, uh, recalls, uh, you got a shield or an XDS, give uh, your manufacturer a call. See if you're part of the recall. Get that fixed. Yeah. Um, all right. So, something that we're going to be testing out here as soon as we can the uh, new IWI Tabors. Yes. The Pennsylvania State Capitol Police are going to be using these. Yes, this is interesting. So they're breaking the stereotype here. Yes, it's a game changer. No, sorry, that's what oh, we used. What? The, um, yeah, so you have a, a major law enforcement agency that, one, is adopting a non-U.S. you know weapon system. Uh, we haven't seen that since HK uh, days, the MP5 days. And, uh, yeah, because those were those two, are still popular in some yeah. oh, in yeah, some yeah. police departments. And two, it's a bullpup, which is well outside the norm of uh, especially in a, here mm-hmm. in America. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the how the Tavor fares. You know, I, I don't think this is going to be as much about the design of the rifle as it's going to be 
about Tavor's ability to to back this up with law enforcement, you know, training and parts and, you know, uh, maintenance and, and that sort of thing. You know, the kind of support system it's going to offer to law enforcement agencies is going to be interesting to see. Yeah, because we don't really have that much on uh, information of the actual contract. Right, just yeah, know all that, we know. Yeah. yeah, we just know that they're apparently receiving – um, the sixteen inch, sixteen point five inch uh, variance. Really? Well, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that's really all that we have on that. But one of the things that you have to take into consideration uh, is that they are buying these rifles. They use the same magazines for rifles they probably previously owned um, or own currently own. They also accept the same types of sights. So you have your red dots, your scopes, everything. Same ammo. They don't right have to change it. their ammo contract. Same ammo. Um, and not really that they really change them too much, but it has the same uh, thread pattern so they could put on the same flash hiders, any changes. Yeah, so true. for the most part, it's they're just swapping out the, the actual system itself. Yeah, I mean. All the accessories will still work. When you talk about, though, when you talk about accessories, though, and, and from a civilian standpoint, it's, uh, that's a pretty good view. But from a fa- uh, law enforcement standpoint, um, their racks probably going to be changed. Their vehicle mounts are going to need to be changed. Probably. I doubt there's any universal uh, mount. I've seen some pretty universal mounts. Now, here's the question. How All the cop easy cars I've been in have pretty <laughs> universal mounts. Not the ones I've been in. That's interesting. Okay. Well, you were probably in small town... No, you know, no, no, nope. major metropolitan area. How long ago? I don't know. What's today? What time is it? <laughs> <laughs> I could probably beat that. So, um, yeah, just speaking from experience, um, I wonder how difficult that is to, you know, in, in the gun, in the car gun rack for a Tavor to source that, or if that's something that's being provided by IWI as or their whoever their you know importer is. You know, most of the It'd be interesting to find out. But the ones that I've seen with the ARs, they're nothing more than kind of a, a flat base with a few little fins that would divide your shotgun and your AR, and then a crossbar that goes over it. Oh, I've seen so, those types. Yeah, yeah so those you can't, would work. You can't get anything out of it unless you actually unlock it. I've also seen some fancy stuff with the electronic locks and buttons yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, if really worse comes to worse, you put some semi-dense foam <laughs> or rubber on it, and you're going to hold it That's true. As right long as that place. bar keeps you from pulling it out, I guess it's okay. Yeah. That's all that really matters, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, Glock's actually making a change up to their lineup. Yes, I saw this. But yeah. not in the way that, they us- that they've been doing recently. No, this is good. This is good. They finally discontinued the Glock C models. That's right. Which I found completely useless, uh, having shot uh, a handful of different ones. And what's so special about the C uh, The C, C models, models compensated. It has ports cut in the top of the barrel and slide uh, to allow for, you know, I guess less muzzle flip technically. Um, uh, from what I remember, I shot the three fifty seven SIG version which I only found annoying from the blowback, and I shot the 45 ACP version, which I didn't find to the, the compensation to help at all. You know, and I shot the, the, the 21C back-to-back with a 21, and I didn't notice any difference. I think, it's, I think for this it was more of a uh, uh, picture-movie thing. Because it makes that pretty flash out the top. And well, everything. it's it's a good idea to have the model in your lineup, I guess. From a marketing standpoint, you can offer that to your customers. 
but from a practical standpoint, how many of these do they sell compared to the regular models? And do you want to set aside manufacturing for that? Glock's selling every pistol they make right now. Well, so do they want to set aside manufacturing for the C models that maybe don't sell as well? How much longer does it take to cut that yeah, special frame? Exactly. When, when you can go to uh, a company like Lone Wolf or Magnaport, yeah, and just get all send it in and get it done. Exactly. Exactly what you want instead of these cuts that they want to put in it. And with the aftermarket exploding for the Glock, you know, somebody will fill in this niche that Glock is leaving. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, that does it for the good stories. We ha- Okay. That's, no, it doesn't. What? That doesn't do it for the good stories. Oh, okay. We'll get on the ones that you brought. Um, wow. <laughs> so a Harvard study came out, and it says that there's no correlation between gun control and less violent yeah basically uh uh, harvard once again did a study that was uh duh right you see these you see these horrible things all the time on the news and the news loves to lead with this especially the radio and television they love to lead with a story that uh men think about sex um that uh pretty people pay less for you know cars or something and you're like yeah everybody knows that but you know Harvard finally did a study that uh, more guns doesn't mean uh, more gun violence, oddly enough. It means uh, less. So, uh, But we all knew that. Everybody who, who is around firearms and who studies firearms understands the fact that an armed populace is a deterrent for violent crime. And, you know, we all know that. We can look at the statistics, you know, from places like England and Australia and from our own, you know, uh, highly populated areas here in America – and, and we know this, but it's nice to have scientific backing uh, for that. Right. And we want to thank Philip for posting that on our Facebook page. Thanks, Philip. Mad cushy props to Philip. Virtual high five. Really? We're gonna Man, mix it that up. was a good one. That was, loud. That was a good one. Turn, I think everything. Turn the right. clap down to my headphones, would you? Done. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting um, that they're coming out with these studies. It, it's kind of... Well, I, I want to say we talked about the um, the CDC one uh, a few podcasts ago that the that the that the government um, basically. Um, so what? Le- yeah, that they 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 were trying to stand on that leg. And, yeah, yeah. And they're they're coming out and everyone's saying, "No, you're incorrect. All of our studies are finding the exact opposite of what yeah. you're saying." So where does the government go from here? What what leg do they have to stand on to say that well, okay, your guns yeah. are causing all of this crime when? Everything is pointing the opposite way. Well, they'll just ignore it, just like they do uh, every other statistic that doesn't go along with their, you know, their their agenda that doesn't fit the the meme, that doesn't fit the you know the 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 talking points. They'll just ignore this fact and and move on and push for more and more gun control. Uh, speaking of which, um, they had a few announcements about that uh, earlier this week. Oh, what, the fact that he's trying to kill our civilian marksmanship program? Or well, he effectively has killed it? He effectively it. has killed uh, it, Because yeah. Obama signed a new order that uh, that will kill that 110-year-old program, basically? Basically, it'll it'll kill the part of it, uh, luckily for us, that the ODCMP has moved on from just firearm sales um, and is a huge part of the shooting community, the target shooting community, um, and they do a lot of other stuff. However, they were primarily funded by rifle sales. And uh, the, 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 the way the uh, CMP got these rifles was from government contract 
turn-ins, basically. We've loaned these rifles out, uh, the United States government loaned these rifles out to friendly governments throughout the years. Um, and when they come back uh, off of these Lend-Lease programs, they're given to the CMP to sell. And the CMP uses that to fund these marksmanship programs and these uh, target shooting programs and, and things like that. Right. I mean, when was the last time you heard of a Garand being used in an armed robbery? Well, it's choice for drive-bys. It can fit a bayonet on it, man. Yeah. That makes it dangerous. You know why everyone likes using those for drive-bys and all that? Why? Because they call it clip. They're actually they correct when clip. they, they oh, hey, hand me a new clip. Oh, there you go. I didn't see that coming. That was good. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so basically what it's doing is it's banning all re-imports that are going to go to private entities. Right. So Well, the CMP, right. Right, which is going to be classified as a private entity, correct? Yeah, the CMP was split off. It, it started as officially as a government program, and it was split off, and it is a private entity, but it's it's you know it's chartered through federal law by the federal government, and that's why they were able to give them these federal these government owned rifles to sell and for them to keep the money. So could we look at the next could we look at the next president coming in and saying, okay, I understand that this executive order is here. He might fix it. Yeah. He can either turn it over like overturn it or put a division of the government that receives these rifles back in and then sells them to the private entities. That sort of thing could happen, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Very few of these even the unpopular ones. I don't remember if you know if you guys remember Bush being uh, fairly hated by the left. I don't which, know if you remember that. Which Bush? The 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 last one. Yeah. So Good he job. was he was fairly hated, um, and they and do your impersonation of him though, real quick. Not going to happen. Oh. So the. Uh, <laughs> You guys are missing out. It's pretty good. So the um, there was always this talk about his executive orders and his ruling by fiat and this and the other. It's the same type of things you hear about uh, President Obama. However, when the left got power and President Obama took over, he didn't rescind any of these you know presidential decrees. Um, and the next president probably won't rescind any of uh, President Obama's. We just get stuck with these things. I don't know why that is. Speaking of uh, of craziness coming from our government, um, the uh, <laughs> the Air Force put out a pamphlet uh, recently. Um, I don't remember what the pamphlet was about, but the big brouhaha is over the brouhaha. Can we cut that? No. Okay. The big, I love saying that. The big brouhaha is over part of the pamphlet that. Um, that defines extremists and defines terrorists and what we should look out for in these types of individuals that are a danger to us and our government. And uh, they pretty much listed the founding fathers of this country as terrorist extremists. Towards who? Towards Britain, towards the government, okay, towards yeah, the established yeah, government. Okay. So I, I, I wasn't sure if he meant to, you know, towards America. Yeah. And this is a quote. Uh, in U.S. history, there are many examples of extremist ideologies and movement. The colonists who sought to free themselves from the British rule and Confederate states who sought to secede from the northern states are just two examples. So they didn't just kind of say, hey, people who are patriotic. So wait, where this country was came from? <laughs> yes. They're saying that those guys – And those are people who we need to look out for because uh, – there are a number of specific traits or behaviors that tend to represent the extremist style. So basically, 
Basically, Basically, be passive or Our government whatever. has decided to vilify and extremize, I guess, extremize, is that a word? It is now. The founding fathers of this country that founded the, sa- the same government that we're speaking of. So they want us to be watchful of people like the people who founded this nation because they might be a danger to us, which just makes my head explode because – I don't understand how you can look at the founding fathers and label them anything but. Well, they've already taken. Why are we taken, vilifying? Well, our they've taken fathers? the stuff and saying that um, the Second Amendment only referred to muskets, you know. And oh, you're saying it's the same idea? Yeah, they're they're picking apart and they're finding different things, and what they're doing is they're saying, look how extreme these guys were and what they were referencing. So it plays positive for them when they want to say well these guys they they were smart enough that they thought ahead and and all they were referencing were muskets right but but now that we want to say that their actions are basically extremist see now we've said that now they're crazy here is another those guys were those guys were crazy and yes they didn't think about all the other stuff right but they founded this great country but you know whatever that we're talking about i don't understand this uh another section uh, of this pamphlet uh, says nowadays instead of dressing in sheets or publicly espousing hate messages many extremists will talk of individual liberties states rights and how to make the world a better place and go to that's, go to wait, our that's extremist I thought that was normal go to our Facebook page uh, facebook.com slash gun show podcast and weigh in on this uh, Scott I has don't. got a major vein sticking out the front of his I think, head. I think, I'm, I, think I have a nosebleed. <laughs> this, <laughs> Teacher, can I, can I go to the bathroom? I have a nose this is the type of nonsense. And this is in an Air Force pamphlet. Let me see this. This is the type of nonsense that, that, that I don't know, that, that makes me weep for the society that we've created. We've taken our founding fathers and vilified them. To the extent to where in official publications we're calling them extremists. I don't understand that. I don't – how can you put that in – and then we all know that they're trying to say that anyone conservative, anybody who's a veteran, anybody who's – who thinks the government has overstepped their powers is an extremist and should be watched and should be on a list and should be, you know, not allowed to own a gun, not allowed to fly. We know that the the left likes to say this, but to go this far? I mean, really? Somebody just wrote this and nobody checked it, right? This is this is this is an oversight of this wasn't supposed to be published, right? It was just supposed to be a, a rough Funny, draft. Funny, haha, look what I wrote. Yeah, maybe they're trolling us. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're tro- this makes me nuts. And if anybody else knows anything about this, uh, jump on our Facebook. Leave us a note. Uh, let us know what you think. Weigh in on this. This just makes me nuts. And it makes me weep for our country. It really does. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> I, like that's, that's really it. I mean, what uh, else do you say to that? On a happier note, let's talk about... Ruger. Millions and millions of dollars. See, this is the part that I don't understand. That millions last story. Millions and millions of dollars. Half a billion. Over with a half B a billion dollars. So yeah, this other story. What, what about the other story? So this, the horrible segue, but here it is. On one hand, we're talking about 
the official government publication vilifying our founding fathers, and 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 we've talked about in the past about them trying to vilify us as gun owners for sure. On the other hand, Ruger is reporting their 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 order backlog in excess of half a billion dollars for Currently quarter two. Five hundred ninety million is their backlog. That's just mind-boggling. How can one hand you say that we're extremists? When on the other hand, Ruger's got so much backlog that their stock is going to pay dividends by the bucket load. Well, how about the DHS employee that uh, was running that? Oh, the extremist hate side? Yeah. That's, that's normal, though. If you've but, ever worked for the federal government or you know some of the state entities, you can get away with nonsense like that. Yeah, but, but one of the things that this says is an extremist a pers- from the last story, a person who advocates the use of force or violence, advocates su- supremacy or – who can't read? Oh, yeah. Who can't read? You want me to read that to you? Well, next I threw time you off now. Next time, use a printer that actually prints at. That's, you the, know. that's the browser. It's not the yeah. printer. I promise. Uh, supremacy based on race, ethnicity, religion, religion, gender, or national origin, or otherwise engages to illegally deprive individuals or groups of their civil rights. Okay. Well, I agree well, with who's that doing statement. That? Who's doing well, obviously, that? Obviously, by buying guns, you are, sir. By no, shooting no, no, no. guns, but you are. But who's doing that? What, the who's government depriving? wanting to take oh, away? Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's the whole point. The only person depriving anyone of their civil rights are the federal governments and their agents. Right. So on one hand, you've got this kind of nonsense coming directly from our federal government. You've got the president of the United States uh, denying the reentry of Lynn Lee's firearms for CMP to sell. And on the other hand, you've got Ruger basking in the sales of gun after gun after gun and and having a backlog of guns and they can't make enough and Ruger's not the only one it's not like Ruger's got some special thing it's all these gun own, all gun gun owners gun manufacturers all the gun manufacturers are making and selling every gun as fast as they can so how can you Yeah they've s- actually started restricting orders just they Manage, have to yeah management has started not do that just restricting orders because it's it's backpiling so fast yeah. i mean quarter one was 602 million and now it's down to 590 million oh, so they so filled some backlog i'm, I'm assuming yeah they, well they've probably restricted their orders and filled back it's between cancellations and fulfilling orders and then obviously they're restricting sure, but half a billion dollars in backlogged orders that's just you can't tell me we're not winning I mean, Ruger's still introducing guns. It's not like they're – they just introduced their new uh, American rimfire uh, in 22, which uses the 1022 magazine. Um, Ruger is just one of those companies that's, you know, basking in the success of firearm ownership in general. Firearm yeah. ownership is exploding. We talk about that all the time. The NSSF says – Every month is a new record for NICS checks. Yeah, they and this this started in two thousand, uh, the quarter for two thousand eleven. Right, that's when their prices or when that's their when backlog the, started to. It's, yep. Uh, yeah, sharply. this this isn't new. This isn't this isn't fad buying. This is the norm. This isn't extremism. Gun owners aren't extremists. Gun owners are normal. We're middle America. We're the guy next door. The gal down the street. We're. The person you work next to, gun owners are normal here in America, and I don't know how we've gotten to a point. It is Friday night. You will be the gal down the street, don't you? <laughs> Wait, what? With the wig and miniskirt on. 
That's what I wow, you really derailed me with that. No, I hadn't planned that. But but yeah, you, you, I'll go I'll go with off. you. You threw me off when you were saying we're the girl you. down the street. You gotta get your mind out of the gutter, Martin. Seriously. <laughs> hey, if you don't stop what you're doing, that's where you're gonna end up. <laughs> so um hey, chime in. Get on Facebook. Tell me, are we the norm? I think we are. I think we're the normal. Yeah, facebook.com uh, facebook.com slash gunshow podcast. Threw you off too, didn't it? I don't know. That look you gave me with this thumbs up. That's what threw me off. <laughs> hey. Um, so our last story is well, uh, something speak, a little lighter. Yeah, but no oh. pun intended. 25% lighter <laughs> 25% than lighter. all of the aluminum uh, lower receivers out Aluminium. there. Aluminium. Yes. Just There's be, been a push for lighter and lighter AR-15 lowers. We've seen polymer. We've seen that mag-15 that's made out of magnesium alloy, I assume. Some sort of alloy that's lighter yeah, than aluminum like aluminum. We've seen the uh, 80% polymer lowers. We've seen a push on that. And now we've seen... Titanium. Titanium. When is mag- magnesium going to happen? There's a question. I, I think somebody's going to come out with a magnesium lower. Well, this titanium lower only weighs 6.75 ounces. That sounds good. Most, How much lighter is that than a regular one? 25%? It's like 25%. I guess most of the other ones either weigh about 9 yeah. ounces or that so. That sounds about right. 10-ish, 11-ish ounces. The crazy thing about this is that they're not outrageously priced. They're only $200. That's not outrageous, but that's high. But that's still – that's cheaper high, than but, a billet, right? But you, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You keep you go out there and you look at um, Black Rain, and they they want $200 for their stuff. Black Rain. I love that Black Rain. I believe the company I worked for was selling Black Rain and Black Dawn at the same time, both AR parts manufacturers. And I thought, you know, you should just name an AR company Black Black – or something, you know, you, you want to get down, you want to get darker. Do you know what I mean? Like dark black. I think that's the way to go. No? Not at all. So the, the company's name is Amalgamated Amalgamated T.I. T-I. Yeah. Titanium. Well, I look uh, forward that's to seeing the, And that's the name of the company. So, yeah. And I would definitely buy one, uh, even at that price, as long as it's uh, in spec. Now, speaking of uh, titanium and magnesium... Um, everyone is, is awaiting breathlessly is Bravo Company. Um, I'm a big BCM fanboy, but Bravo Company announced their key mod handguard for the AR-15, and it's supposed to be made out of magnesium, so it's supposed to be ridiculously light. Are you going to get on that so we can get one of those in? Uh, yeah, I'm on it. When, All right. They're, they're going to be few and far between, but they haven't released them yet, but as soon as they do... Uh, Scott, use your gun show podcast I'm going to use my gun show podcast. Hello, this is Scott Fuller from The Gun Show Podcast. That's right. You're lucky to be talking to me. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh... That's how he introduces himself to women. Yeah, but that's different. <laughs> they should know who I am, right? <laughs> the women or the companies? The Both. women. I don't think the companies know who I am. Yeah, no, that's they don't. They, they have no idea. Well, they know who you are because you're so loud when you walk in. So, well, If they don't know who I am, they soon will. All right. <laughs> well, moving on, we had a uh, listener, Nathan. We just had one listener named Nathan. No, we had a listener. I didn't know if you were going to throw out your Mad Cushy props. Oh, Mad Cushy props to Nathan and uh, Virtual Nathan. High Five. Nathan, not Nathan. I said Nathan. Okay. All right. Anyway, he just... And a Virtual High Five. Yeah, it's virtual. So anyway, he <laughs> wrote in a message, and he disagrees with me. I can't imagine why. Being left-handed in training. (laughs) 
So he says you shouldn't be left-handed. I agree with Nathan completely. No. No, What does Nathan have to say? He says that, um, he goes, I'm a little disappointed in your advice of get used to it. Wow. Uh, Then he put in brackets right hand only. Right hand. So I think he might have been, like, maybe. I think you should get used to it and shoot right handed only. I don't know. That's what we meant. Well, what he says, he says, most others in the gun world suggest to train for all possibilities so you aren't caught with your pants down. Or to be overprepared with fully ambi controls, and he says he's a lefty and he does both. Well, I get it, but my training, what I was suggesting was just to to train with what is on ninety nine point eight percent of the rifles. I out see there. what you're, what you're saying is train with right handed equipment. Yeah, whatever the norm is. Right. What he's saying is do both. Right. Now I think you both have good points, but I think you have to start with. What you said, if you only have a limited amount of training to do and you don't feel 100%, you know what I mean? Start with training on what's out there. Yeah, maybe. And then maybe the next step of your evolution of training is to train with ambient controls or right. left-handed specific stuff. And I, I, I'll agree with that and I understand. But what happens when you're, when you're there in the moment? And you don't have your AR; you have somebody else's. Well, that's why and you should always start with, you like you tunnel said, vision yeah. out, and all you see are you know you just see a tiny pinhole, and that's what you're trying to you know yeah tiny pinhole, uh-huh. tiny pinhole. Yes, and you're you're watching whatever's going down, and all of a sudden your focus is on that. All you have left is muscle memory. Right. But you start hitting that bad lever, and you're like, oh no, oh no, it's not working. No, I I think I think you're both right. I think, like I said, I think you train with what's out there, and you make sure you're 100% proficient, as proficient as proficient can be on those systems that you're likely to run across in those situations. But at the same time, I don't think there's anything wrong with once you consider yourself proficient on those systems, go ahead and start training with the ambidextrous systems, always coming back to to maintain your proficiency on the right-handed systems. Well, I mean, you look at, you look at things like Glock. The the your safety when it comes down to pointing your gun is your right. trigger finger. Uh-huh. So what would be the only thing to swap around there on is the Mag magazine release. release. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I still stick by the. Both ways. I, yeah. I understand Nathan, and yeah. I'll agree with you. And you know, we all train differently, and to each their own. But I will never switch my magazine releases ever. Never. 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 Ever. I've done ever, it once. Ever. Ever. I've done it once. <laughs> And even when I was switch it back, yeah, okay. It took um, it took about three mag drops, yeah. And I was like, no, switch it back, because <laughs> when you're in a stressful, si- I was not in a stressful situation, yeah. and, and I was still, still trying yeah. to do it. Uh, no, no, and I, I was agree like, with that. You know that. what? Forget it. Let's swap it right back. And I that's agree what I did. with that. You you have to be proficient on what's out there, and you have to maintain that proficiency. And I definitely agree with that. So, talking about this, let's let's talk a little bit about training like you fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I fight like I train, but you train like you fight. Yeah, I say. <laughs> I'm messing with you, yeah. man. All right, you threw me off there, really bad. All right, so you, uh, some some listeners <laughs> might remember a gentleman named uh, Allen who was on the show. Shirtless. Uh, he shirtless Allen. He was a former police officer, and one of the things that he, him, and I were having a few discussions over, I'm, is is how these people are training now. Who's these people? Everybody. Every, how everyone Everybody's is training, training now. Training okay. now. How is everyone training? So now? If you're standing there. All right. You got your target in front of you. That's where yeah. I keep it. And well, it should well, it might be to the right, but whatever. So you go to draw, and there's this this quick draw from the holster. This like slow turn, slow press out. Grab your gun, pull the trigger. 
Well, if you constantly practice this quick out, slow press out on, somebody mm-hmm. else that goes, you know, quick out on is going to get a whole second ahead of you. And okay, I agree with is that. going to be pulling the I don't trigger know anybody before you. that practice. You've seen people practice that Just way? get on any YouTube channel really? or watch everybody no, and you no, see no, no. so many people. Uh, here's the thing. What? This is where I was going with it is this guy they were simulating combat. Uh-huh. And they you know moving from object to object and they were running. So he's right. running, he goes he his uh, goes dry on his rifle. He drops his rifle and all of a sudden everything's going on he slowly pulls his pistol out, presents it to the target and then pulls the trigger. You well, sure it wasn't he wasn't trolling you? Because that just sounds I'll awful. Pause it. <laughs> that just this was the, I won't n- mention names, but this was actually on a training video. Oh and wow! It okay? Yeah. All right. So, so but, you 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 want to train slow? You want to make sure you get the fundamentals down of whatever you're doing, including drawing, right? And then speed it up. You never you never swing part. a baseball bat as fast that's, as you can. Yeah. You stand okay. there and someone helps you, and then you start yeah. you swing, and you're like, okay, now faster. And then you get to where you're swinging yeah. as fast as you can. And, and that's right? that's the same thing. Yeah. But but when you're actually training and you're in the middle of that, you're going to stand there, plant both your feet, and slowly draw your gun and present it to the target. Yeah. Where I'm also going with this though is the scanning afterwards. Yeah, because you the got the guys. Shooting, yeah, scanning. they go they go pop pop, and then they scan to the left, scan to the left behind them, and then they scan to the right behind them. And you kind of go, your head was moving really, really fast. Yeah, you didn't see anything. You didn't see anything. You saw what was at the both ends of turning your yeah, head. Yeah, the end of the spectrum. So yeah. when I was taking a class, I actually did it, and I scanned real slow. And and the instructor goes, you didn't scan fast enough. <laughs> and I said, because I think I did. I actually saw everything that I was was trying to to see. But the people that turn their head three times in a second, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not seeing anything. Well, they, yeah, and I've heard of some instructors actually go out in the peripheral and like put something there or stand there and do something that's supposed to attract your attention and make sure to drive home that fact that when you scan uh, post shooting, that you are you know actually looking and not just going through the motions, right. And that's what this is all about. For like you said about the draw stroke, you should you should practice the fundamentals. Slowly do it so you don't shoot yourself. Right, that's important. So you slowly do it so you slowly get the fundamentals out, and then you go faster and faster till you're going as fast as you can. Right. And you should always be pushing yourself to go even faster. Right. right? And and I'm not saying right. every instructor is out there is doing this, but I, I'm noticing. You just noticed it. I'm noticing yeah. it often. Okay. And I'll buy the that. slow presentation of the firearm and these the way that they're manipulating things. And I get he's not standing there to show a class right. how to do it. He's actually gone dry from where he was firing as right. fast as he could on his rifle to immediately dropping it and then pulling his gun and then. You know, slowly presenting it, um, and you know, talking to Alan, he, being a former cop, they watch a lot of videos. Sure. One of the time he's telling this, he's telling this story. This cop is running towards this guy. They're both everyone's shooting at everyone, and all of a sudden the cop just starts kind of jogging and he puts his arm up in the air. Okay. Do you know why he put his arm up? He in had the a air? malfunction. He had a malfunction, and that's what they were trained to do was to put their arm in the air when they have a malfunction on the range. Yeah, we used to do that in the Air Force. Also, they have got away from that, and they will scream at you if you do it. They will scream. Why is your arm in the air? Get your rifle working. I tried. I had to figure out how to say that without cursing. <laughs> get, you want to beat me? No. Get your rifle working and get the rounds down range. So, you know, that's what you need to do in these situations. Don't raise your hand. Don't. So when you do when have a training, malfunction when, when you're training, training that's what when you do have to. a malfunction when you're training, don't just look at the gun and go, huh, that's odd, that malfunction. 
get the gun up and running because that's what you're going to do if you do get in a firefight. You know one thing I like to do? What do I like, like to, to put do? aluminum snap caps randomly uh-huh. in my magazines. Ball and dummy drill. Yeah. yeah. But but then go to the range. And I have no idea what magazine where it is. You do that in your carry gun? <laughs> oh, all the time. Oh, I got them in my gun. It's full of snap caps. That's why I... Uh... I mean, it only makes sense, right? <laughs> New officer, those are dummy rounds. It's okay, officer. It was full of snap caps. Yeah. No, that's a good, uh, you know, I always have somebody else uh, load my mags for me and do it. But no, that's always then, a good drill. If I've got three mags in the night before the, a range trip, you know, and you're going to have, you, you just load them up, you're not going to remember. You just randomly put them in yeah, there. Yeah, especially if you randomly shove them yeah. in there. Sure. Yeah, that's so, a good idea. That's a good ball and dummy drill. It's that, And that's that's where I was going with learn the right handed stuff. Or you could just buy, you know, crap ammo. That yeah, seems to help. That that does help. Um, but that's where I was going with buy or <laughs> that's where I was going with um just training with what you have out there, with what is out there. Don't try to modify everything that you own because the likelihood of picking up something else that is modified the same way is very unlikely, unless you're right handed. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I I agree with that. Fight like you train, train like you fight. Um you know, don't do things like, you know, empty your revolver shell casings into your hand and put them in your pocket. Don't do the, things the like... The guy from the California shootout, yeah. that officer that was found dead and yep. all of his brass was neatly piled up next to him. Yep. Because um, he was taught at the range to gather all of his brass. Yep. Which, how much time did he lose by gathering that? Or or be, how much time did he lose not being able to move yep. for cover or watching what was going on around him? If you read, uh, if you read the book Black Hawk Down... One of the uh, one of the the rangers who uh, air assaulted out of the helicopter uh, went back to pick up the rope in the middle of a firefight while really? getting shot at because in training <laughs> you got to gather you got to go get the rope you got to you got to bring that rope with you that rope costs money yeah what because he was fighting like he he was trained and right. so yeah it's very important it's it's a proven fact you're going to fight like you train so you know. Going to the square range, getting fundamentals down, that's all very important. But you might want to do something besides stand there in a static stance and shoot that? at a target. What's that loop you call? You call it the, the OODA loop? OODA the loop? OODA loop? Well, explain that to people. What is that exactly? <sighs> what that is is the idea of that the, there's a decision-making process that you go through in your mind. And if you made those decisions before, you have a, a, a loop. Observe, orient, decide, and act. Um, it was first applied to uh, fighter pilots. Um, so you look at something, you decide what the best action is, and you do that something, okay? And all that requires a thought process. Um, and just like anything else, uh, the more you do it, the better you are at it, right? So if something disrupts that, you have to reorient yourself and start it over. So... If something new that you haven't experienced before comes into that or something that you're not ready for, it interrupts that and you have to pause however minutely to do that. And for fighter pilots in a dogfight, it became very important and they started applying this to everything. So in a gunfight, if you know I'm going to shoot that guy and you go to shoot that guy and he's not there anymore because he moved and you're only used to shooting on a static range, you now have to rethink the process of, oh, now I've got to move mm-hmm. in target and I'm not used to moving targets, so now I've got to shoot this guy who's moving. Well, 
if you've only practiced on the square range at a static target, that may take too long. That may take a lifetime, as a matter of fact. And, and sometimes a lifetime is all you got in a shooting match <laughs> against another human being. So it's a good idea to, at the minimal, because we all can't go to a range where we can shoot at moving targets and, and do force-on-force scenarios and, shoot and from train. from inside and get out of cars exactly. and all that stuff. At the minimal, what you want to do is you want to do um, – you want to go through this in your brain. What happens if I shoot at somebody and they move? You want to have thought about that before. And that allows you to go through that, that loop faster because you've already trained, basically trained those muscles. This, in, this, in this instance, it's your brain, those pathways. You've already thought about it. You've already thought through it. And, um, and you know, competitors will do the same thing in race car driving and they'll do the same thing in – uh, competition shooting, well, you'll visualize cops. things. Cops at, will well, train. Well, yeah, look at cops because uh, the shoot no shoot scenarios. Not, cops not go only through. that, but just uh, I was watching a video just the other day. Um, these cops get into a firefight with these bank this bank robber. Yeah, and these cops appear to be if you're watching them, they're they're used to training by themselves, so they're kind of walking back and forth almost in front of each other. And they're so used to, you know, okay, you engage the target, you you approach it, you know, you clear it kind yeah. of thing. So they're both wanting to try to do that, and they're both yes. trying to get closer, and they're both receiving fire. And you see this other cop run up, and he's he's smacking the hood of the car, and he's yelling at one of the cops. Yeah. And he's just so focused on stepping back and forth and moving, he finally runs up, grabs him by his vest, yeah. and pulls him out of basically the, the line, line of fire. Of fire he's yeah. like, "Get your!" And that's what he's yelling. He's like, "Get back here! He didn't get, get out under of there!" Cover. Right? He yeah. was taking no cover. And if you notice, you watch military groups that train, you know, in, sure. with other groups, they're aware of what their other person is doing or what they should be doing. So sure. they're not going to be stepping. You know, uh, left to right, right yeah. in front of the fire. It's all it's all muscle memory, and it is mental memory. It is it is you know uh, you've you've trained this way, so you know what happens if I do this. You know you know you know what to expect if this happens. You know you've trained in force on force scenarios. You know what to expect when a guy starts shooting at you and he retreats backwards, or if a guy starts shooting at you and he comes forward. You know, that's not a surprise. You don't freeze up. You don't have to reorient yourself and go through this decision-making process again. You don't have to, you know, redo it in your mind. So if you can't go out and train the way that you and I could have opportunities to go out and train, um, you know, like I said, at least visualize it. Sit down. You know, if you go into a restaurant, you know, maybe visualize what would happen if somebody came in and started shooting the place up. If you go into a... A, a a better yet because uh, there's more of a chance of a fire you go in a restaurant you sit down you look for the fire exits mm-hmm. you think how am i going to leave here if there's a fire in the front if there's a fire in the kitchen if there's a you know something crazy you know go through this process beforehand and you can know when it happens you won't be frozen up well yeah not to mention there's there's other things you can do when you know you can set aside some time for training yeah and i know sure. this sounds really funny but it's just different things that make sure your spouse is cool with it and everything <laughs> if you decide to involve her sure. in it but um knowing that you know everything's safe and everything's fine to some degree yeah and no one's got their guns on them or whatever sure scare the person yeah like, come busting through a door. Like, go out the back door. Come busting in through the front door. Yeah, what would you do? Would you just what go, happens? ah, and yeah. freak out and stand or, there? How many times do you see people just stare? Yes. They're just like... They're like, what just happened? Yeah, that's that, that's that OODA loop. You've interrupted it to the point where they can't 
they go can't to even the next move. step. Yeah, it's freezing up. Um, another good thing to do would be, you know, uh, practice clearing your house. So when you do hear something bump in the night, you don't. Pr- better yet, since there's more of a chance, like I said, of a fire than a firefight, how about you practice bugging out with your family? Everybody does that already, right? They practice, they have their own fire drill for their family. They practice leaving and where to go and where they to meet should. up. They should. Yeah, they better. They should. Like I said, you, it's all part of you train how you fight, you fight how you train, you react to a fire. Like you would a firefight, you know, exactly how you've practiced it, exactly how you've trained it. And, and look at some of the things that you'll probably see today or this week. Right now? Anything. A little you'll, later. you'll notice somebody overcorrect and swerve their car because they're not used to uh, seeing something like, you know, someone try oh, to come into their in lane. The road and whatever they it swerve. is, yeah, they yeah, swerve yeah. real hard. And instead of just kind of. You know, swerving and keeping your control, you'll usually see them kind of skip back and forth. Well, that's another times. thing about being preparedness. You know, it's not, a, it's not about putting a gun in your pants and walking around all the time. You know, are you prepared for a driving situation? Are you prepared for a wreck? Are you prepared for a flat tire? Are you prepared for something in the roadway? Have you practiced driving your car to the limits? Have you, you know, uh, do you have a bug out bag? Do you have water? You know, in case you get stuck, if I drive through the desert, do I have water in my car? What are you doing? You're making me nervous. I don't know. I was just... You were just waiting for some ending point. Oh, no, I think I already found one. Oh, you already got one picked out? Yeah, I think so. How far back was it? It's back when you said talked about putting a gun in your pants. <laughs> you, could, you could end on, it's not just about putting a gun in your pants. That'd be a good ending. I like that. 